Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Screen Protectors. I'm Stephen Schroyer, here today with my good friend Wyatt Baker. Hello. Who sounds super excited about today's mini-episode. We're going to do a little no-spoiler review of the new movie, Wonder Woman 84. I guess let's start where we always do at the beginning. Wyatt, did you see this for the first time last night? Oh, why am I somber, you asked? (laughs) It's because of the movie that I watched last night. Yeah, first time. So it was my my second go-round. I have different thoughts from the second time than I do the first. I was I was more lenient, I think, the first time I watched it, and it just kind of kind of ruminated in my mind for a while and and got a little bit worse. But we'll 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 get into that as we go. First, let's talk about let's talk about Wonder Woman, the first one. I thought that the first Wonder Woman was the best of the DC shared universe movies. Would you do you think that? Do you think any of them are better? Uh, I can't think of any that are better, and I can think of a ton that are worse. So yeah, that feels right. Like Man of Steel was pretty good, but I think Wonder Woman probably took the cake. You think Wonder Woman's better than Justice League? Yes. I mean, I like Justice League. I'm hoping I'm going to like Justice League even more when the Zack Snyder cut comes out in a couple months. But there was just there were so many things wrong with Justice League and there was really nothing wrong with the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about the first Wonder Woman. Having said that, this movie had a lot of expectations. Patty Jenkins is back to direct, Gal Gadot's back, Cheetah is in this movie, right? And that's I mean that's the big one. That's the big one for Wonder Woman, so everyone you're excited about it. Somehow Chris Pine's back, right? So the first movie Chris Pine dies. So I feel like kind of all of those things I was expecting got pooped on a little bit. Let me ask you a quick question. What did you think of Cheetah? Overall, how did you... All right, so there's... This isn't a spoiler, but obviously Cheetah... This is this is Cheetah's origin, okay? So she starts out not Cheetah. She ends up Cheetah. All of the parts where she's turning into Cheetah, I actually thought was probably the better parts of the movie. Once the transformation into that character is complete... It was the worst absolute part of the movie. There's, there's, I mean, so the the big thing, obviously, is the CGI. Kind of the final showdown. It's all in the dark. There's no color. And it's just, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. I mean, this is 2020 when the, when this came out. I mean, I thought we, I thought we'd gotten past some of this stuff. I mean, I know it's hard to make hair, but, uh, I mean, it was, it takes you out. I mean, it took me out of it so much. I already was not like super digging a lot of what was happening. And then that CGI at the end is, it's just rough, man. Let me say something. First, I agree with your transformation of Cheetah thing. That's all I have on that. That's not bad. (laughs) Okay. Second, I am so overwhelmingly apologetic for DC movies. Like I'm the guy that when people are like, dude, DC really dropped the ball. I'm always making excuses or I'm like, well, just wait, just wait. Now they figured out. Now they're certainly, they're going to know how to turn this corner. Right. Yeah. I'm waiting for that moment, like in Dumb and Dumber, where he goes, just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Except that that moment's never come. It's really just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, you go and do something like this. And then that's just the end of the sentence. And break me. That being said, it's not the worst. If Wonder Woman is your all-time favorite superhero, the way that Superman is mine, you might look at 
this as a type of like maybe a Superman Returns, the way that I where I just like I'm I'm digging so hard for positives in that movie because I just love Superman so much and it makes me totally biased and unfit to review that movie as <laughs> if you've listened to our podcast on Superman Returns, you will know. Basically delusional and out of my mind. So you're always going to have that. You're always going to have the diehard fan that is like just stoked to see it. Second thought. I saw Wonder Woman in theaters. Always a different experience. A giant screen and there's other people around you. And then you get that, you know, and you're driving home and you're talking about it. Like, you know, we've talked about this a whole bunch of times because a lot of these, what, every, Jesus, every episode we've done has been filmed or uh, recorded during the pandemic, right? So we've gone into that a lot. That would have helped. It would have helped me to just see it in theaters. Wouldn't have made it that much better, but it would have been a little bit better. I found it to be campy. Um, actually, I, I, I saw a review. I screenshotted it, and I wanted to read it really quick. Um, it's just like a two-line deal, and it really summed up kind of how I felt. It just feels so over-the-top, hammy, and unearned. It doesn't feel lovingly hammy. It feels accidentally cheesy. The accidentally cheesy part, when I read that, I went, bingo. That's what, like, it was, uh, I don't care about over the top. Like, I hate it when people, like, well, that superhero movie was over the top. Well, okay. Like, aren't they all? Like, just shut up, you know? So I don't really care about that part. It was the accidentally cheesy part where I went, like, that's what I couldn't put into words about it. The accidentally cheesy part. If I could say something about this movie, it would be that. And I'm not trying to dump all over it, because I love super, I mean, it, Look, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Definitely. Definitely wasn't the worst thing DC's ever done. And I think that the cheesiness, it comes threefold. It comes from some of the stuff that Cheetah does, or Kristen Wiig does, I guess. First of all, she's a beautiful woman. Nothing's wrong with her, but she's still... Like, I, I just imagine the SNL skit about mom jeans. That's actually what my wife said. She just sees mom jeans whenever she sees Kristen Wiig. And Cheetah is, you know, she's an equal to, to Wonder Woman and like... I don't know. I just don't see her looking like that. But that, that's not that big a deal. But like kind of the way she acts too is just still Kristen Wiggy. The most cheesiness though, Maxwell Lord. He's, I mean, he's got his little, his little saying, right? Life is good, but it can be better. But it's like everything he says throughout the whole thing. It's not like sinister. It's just cheap car salesmen, you know? Yeah, the they time. never, lo- they have not been learning from their mistakes with the villains. And that, the cheetah thing I was willing to forgive I can't really forgive how cheesy he was. That's the villain you give her? Right. Look at the villain they gave Batman in Dark Knight. Like, look at how that was done. And that's why when Gotham cries out, like, Bruce, we need you. God, you know why, right? Like, and I get that it's hard to do, but it's not that hard. It's not Maxwell Lord hard. So, and, and talking about the villains here. So, I don't know if it's just, I mean, I've watched it twice now and I felt the same way both times. I didn't like clock it, but I feel like two thirds of this movie is from the villain's point of view. Like you don't even see Wonder Woman on the screen. It's just villains doing stuff. And they're not like even doing villainous things per se. I mean, they're just on the screen doing like, listen, I'm all for character building. And if you wanted to make it a 50-50 split, maybe that would be okay. But it just didn't feel like a Wonder Woman movie to me. It felt like a Maxwell Lord, Barbara Minerva movie that Wonder Woman pops in every now and then to do some stuff. And they they were too humanized as characters, right? Like I, I was kind of rooting for Barbara a lot of the time. Maxwell, I, I wasn't rooting for him, but I also like, I didn't feel angry at him for what he was doing. 
And I mean, the stakes, I guess, do get high at the end in a chaotic, weird kind of way, but they never feel high. Like it never feels like this is something that's that's like earth shattering. You know, when even in some of the other DC movies, like when an Aquaman what's the dude. Oh, yeah. King Orm. He seems like a bad dude. And they're like, all the things from the deep in Aquaman are like coming out. And like, it seems legit. Or Justice League. Like, you got Steppenwolf coming down, doing a bunch of stuff. And all the the parademons like that. They messed up a lot with those movies. But the stakes always seemed high, right? Doomsday and Batman vs. Superman. Like, the stakes were never higher than they were there. I just never felt like, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. We're just going to get out of it. The resolution to everything... It's just kind of like, who cares? Yeah, I I guess I figured this is how it would be, but no one, I don't feel like Wonder Woman grew all that much at all in the way that she resolved things. Let me piggyback on some. I'm so glad that you worded it that way because here's my issue. Well, here's one of my issues, but this is my main one. Okay, if you go back and you watch, watch Justice League cartoons, read Justice League comic books, that kind of stuff, when it's Flash and Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter, and they're out doing something, when they say, we need Diana, or we need Clark, or we need Bruce, like, when one of the big three shows up, it's something is about to destroy the universe. Something is about to destroy Earth, or, like, there's big effing problems here, dude. That's why Flash, Green Lantern, Manhunter, like, that's why they need one of the big three, right? Like, those are the big three in the Justice League. And so, like, then you have a movie where you go, this is an issue that Diana... Would it, like, it better be big, and it better be threatening, and it better be super evil, and it felt like, wait, this? Like, you ever notice in Justice League stuff, cartoons, comics, when they're like, oh, we have this going on, Clark, Bruce, and Diana are always the first three to be like, okay, well, you're going to have to handle that on your own, because I have shit to do. <laughs> right, yeah. And you're going to have to take care of it. And so for the things that they can't take care of, they're like really big effing deals. It's like dark side and this huge like apocalypse is coming. And so when you have a standalone and it's like, this is something Diana would have to do. And you go with this, this is something Diana would have to do. This is what she passes off to Flash. This is correct. And like, even I feel like Flash would be like, all right, I mean, I've got a guy that could probably... Yeah, he's calling up Booster Gold. Hey, can you come over here take care of this real quick? Yeah, and like that's just what I feel like they didn't respect her enough by way of the way that like the the antagonists were presented. It was like disrespectful to Diana. Like Diana's the one who's like only showing up when shit gets really real. And with the first movie, right? First of all, she's kind of taking on World War One, right? <laughs> she's taking on the Germans in general. Like that's pretty awesome. And then you bring in Ares. That's a big villain. That's somebody only only Diana is going to be taken care of. He seems truly evil. Like he's only out for bad stuff. That makes the stakes higher. It makes it just I don't know. It just it's believable that that's something she could only take care of, as opposed to like again this is just so much of a cheaper version of that. Yeah, it felt really watered down. And there was no evilness to them. I mean, maybe toward the end it started like peeking out, like just a peak of some evil, but never got there or didn't get there quick enough. Yeah, it just it felt watered down. Now, look, there's some cool stuff. Young Diana, I liked that scene with Robin Wright. Like, that was cool. No, like, of course, you know, any any superhero movie, there's going to be some where you go, like, that scene was pretty cool. So, like, yeah, it covers those bases. Like, it's not like there's nothing that was cool. And, like, actually, my, my daughter loves Cheetah. But, like, if your daughter loves Wonder Woman, watch this movie with her. And let's get into the good stuff at the end so then we can end with happiness and we'll just 
There's really only one other major point that's like negative because like obviously okay so there's the the lack of Wonder Woman is is a huge baddie right and then the villains are a like a bad part but then the other big part of this movie is Chris Pine coming back as Steve Trevor the first time I watched this when it happened I was like okay I mean I was you're wondering how are they going to bring him back he's dead the way they brought him back I was like okay I mean kind of I mean I kind of makes I can kind of get that I guess. But as I watched it more, and as I watched it the second time, I don't like it. I don't like Why how they did, did it. Why did they do that? There was no need to do right. it. That's what I mean. Why? And it didn't feel like, like I never felt anything from it. You know, I mean, it was supposed to be this, this is a hard part to get into without spoilers, but basically it's, you're supposed to feel this decision of, of her being with Steve Trevor or being Wonder Woman. I just never really cared. You know, half the half of her scenes, which was only, you know, a fifth of the, of the movie, are with him. And I don't care. Like, I don't care what's happening. And then at the end, like, the way that things conclude with that storyline, I had no emotion toward it whatsoever. It just, it seemed like it was, like they just wanted to get Chris Pine in the movie again, and they forced it. Yes. So if we were doing a full podcast on this and we got to the end and what would make this movie better redo all of the steve trevor stuff yeah let's take him out redo that entire deal there's a bunch of other stuff i would throw in there but i think that's my first one like just redo that i watched a few after i watched it i watched a few and read a few reviews and that was like an overwhelming theme put more of her and barbara in there you know put more of her trying to stop maxwell lord from doing stuff i mean she only i think she only met him twice right they only have two scenes together her and lord well, after he starts his run. Those are my three, those are the three big things for me. No Steve Trevor was needed. Wonder Woman needed to be in it more. And the villains needed to be better and more evil. And that, unfortunately, is literally the entire movie. Having said that, there were good things. Like you said, there are good things about it. Oh, first, I, I do have a couple questions um, that are kind of separate. What city is Wonder Woman in? What's she the hero for? The, like, where is she from? Yeah, like, I mean, I know she's from Themyscira, but in this, she's living in a city, and she's, like, walking a beat in this town, protecting people. What is this town that she's decided to... Uh, in the mall, there was a like a big drum she put, punches somebody through that says Virginia's for lovers. Is she in a random Virginia town? Like what, where is she? Is this DC? I guess, I guess they were eating lunch at DC, weren't they? Next to the Washington Monument. I didn't really even think about any of that, but I'm looking it up right now. Now you said the Virginia thing and that kind of threw me off. Yeah, that might've just been a coincidence. Now that I'm thinking about it, they were in front of the Washington Monument. Yeah, I, I, thought dc the whole time but i I also wasn't really uh well with dc in general i don't marvel's so realistic about the cities and stuff dc is always really vague and it's usually in a fantasy like it's in a different earth and whatever so i don't i don't ever really think about that but i didn't catch the virginia thing when i guess and i I, like i wonder like do i mean she's been here a while a long time world war one so like do criminals not know that she's around i mean is she just now starting to to do crime fighting because i guess this is kind of a spoiler it's not really but at the very beginning like the news is like oh somebody you know the police weren't the ones who stopped this thing it was somebody else but they don't like know who she is yet yeah so like that's their way of saying like she's out there doing this stuff but then they didn't devote enough time to like why or how or like for how long she should have been doing that 
for like 50 years. So no one has figured out in 50 years that she's doing... Like, she must have just gone underground, I guess. She was underground. Like, at least if you're going to do that, go into... Why? Give me something. Like, we had a whole first movie. You save the world from Ares, and then you just go, like, chill in a basement looking at artifacts for the next 50 years? Yeah, man. Like, it just didn't add up. It, I just felt like the my biggest takeaway was that it made Wonder Woman feel small. And she's such a big presence. Like, she's so enormous in the DC Universe, and it made her feel like a B-hero. Like, I'm fine watching a movie about a B-hero, but not if it's one of your big three. This felt like a Black Canary movie. Yes! Well said. Like, if it's one of your big three, it better not feel like you're a B-hero, dude. Like, And that's what the whole thing felt like to me. The villain felt like a B-villain. The plot felt like a B-plot. Like, it just kind of was like, oh, whatever. And then, uh, so my final question, and we might actually have to cut this out, because I don't know if this would be spoilery or not. You can tell me what you think. But the invisibility power, is that a thing? Can she, In the comics, is she able to create invisibility around her? I mean, I know her... Jet's invisible, but I thought that was like magic that was imbued on it and given to her. In the comic books, well, not originally. So, you know, they rewrite these things every four years. They just do away with everything they've done. Originally, like the first 40 years of canon, no. But then, like with every hero now, having been, Jesus, coming up on a hundred years of writing stories, there was a, I think it was after... Crisis on Infinite Earths. At some point in there, she can, like, turn invisible whenever she wants. I, but I really don't know the, are they really referencing that? I don't know. They're, movies, you can take a lot of liberties, I guess. When is that, like, one of those weird, like, off powers that, like, probably, I felt like that should not have been a power for her. It opens, like, a huge can of worms, because you go, like, wait a minute, you've been able to do this the entire time? It definitely is not one of her standard canon powers. But they probably figured, hey, this movie sucks so much, we better throw some cool shit in there. Alright, so, for all of the bad things that this movie is, there are there are some good pieces, right? Like, so, like you mentioned, the opening sequence, it's all in the light, the CGI is really good, the action's interesting, it's kind of a fun, good way to start. I also, again, I like I like the transformation of Barbara Minerva, like that whole piece. I didn't like the end of it, but I thought Kristen Wiig, I mean, acted well. And and she was quirky and funny and kind of grew into that role a little bit more than any other character. There was the scene that you see in the trailers where she's like in between two cars that are driving and there's that battle scene, obviously, that's happening. I liked that scene, uh, which was, I think, one of three scenes that she's actually wearing her costume. Maybe put her in her costume more and we would have liked the movie more. I didn't really write anything down, but this morning I wrote that down. I did count that last night and I was like, shit, this is a Wonder Woman movie and she doesn't wear Wonder Woman costume except for that big golden thing, which meant nothing to me. I guess it's probably in the comics that she has a golden suit, but... Yeah, but the thing is, like, everything's in the damn comics, you know? It's like, you don't... It doesn't even... Anymore, where we are with how much they've done and redone the comics, like, I don't even need you to really be true to that. I just want it to make sense in the two hours. When I feel like, okay, for someone like Batman, you've had tons of movies about Batman. So if you want to throw in a really cool Batman suit, well, people know enough about Batman that they understand, oh, this is a cool suit that must be like hidden in just a couple issues of a comic somewhere. But this is really cool. And we've seen the other stuff. We've only had one other 
Wonder Woman movie. Like she, we've only seen her. I guess you know, she was sh- shortly in Batman vs Superman and in Justice League, of course. But like, we're, we're not used to what she looks like yet. And there was a couple of the old things, but like no one remembers that. So let's wait until she's out for a while before we start pulling out. Like you know, getting real deep into the into the issues to pull out different costumes. Like that's I mean that's kind of a, a nitpick, but this would be my most accurate way of summing up the movie it's not the worst thing dc's ever done if you're a big fan whether it's of the dc universe or just wonder woman in general you're going to watch it no matter what the way that i was going to watch this movie no matter what the way that when they make a third one i will watch that no matter what like no matter what i feel about the previous one i'm going to watch it because i'm a huge fan so in that regard like watch it Enjoy what you can. I'm really down on DC right now because, like, I just am really tired of being so apologetic. And, like, this just made it everything that they could have made worse, they did. You know, like, everything that could have gotten worse from, like, the big hits on, like, why is the Marvel stuff so much better than DC? When you put all of that down on paper, they did all of those things in the movie. I don't know. Like, you hit on the big ones, um, the cheesiness of the villains, the cheesiness of maybe not cheesiness of the plot, but the it was very underwhelming. All of the problems felt underwhelming. All of the reasons why you get there felt underwhelming. She felt little. I don't know. Enjoy it for what it is, but I just know what it could be, and it didn't deliver on that. We know what it could be because the first one, and the first one yes. hit every note that you could possibly want. I think that's probably the biggest. Is is just the expectations were so high that it just fell so much short. Having said that, there were entertaining parts. There were part. I mean, I'm probably not ever going to watch it again. I mean, maybe if I, once the third one comes out, I might watch all three of them. Hopefully that one's really good. And I'll end up just like, I'd watch the first one, skip the second and watch the third one. It's a, it's a once, it's just a watch once kind of movie. I think. Yep. Yeah, it is. You, I feel like you need to see it. It is still Wonder Woman and there. And I like Gal Gadot and I like her as, as Wonder Woman. And it makes the first one way better. Like, the first one alone was really good, but then you watch this and you go, God, the first one was great. Yeah, absolutely. You put them side by side and you, you forget how good the first one really was. Other than that, really, I don't have much else to say about it. Look, I, I, I know it feels like a really dark, like, cloudy review. But go check it out. Find some positives. It's still fun. It's a fun universe to be a part of. And no matter how much it sucks... There's still Justice League cartoons where she kicks so much ass, and I'm going to go watch a bunch of those now because somebody <laughs> has to redeem her. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, let's. I tell you what, let's do a quick, just a rating for the movie overall. What would you say? I I would give the movie a four and a half. Seems kind of high for me. I'm going four, so I'll say four and a half, just because there were some CGI moments that were cool, like the opening scene and like. Some of the parts I like. It's just the, the overall like theme yeah, and everything. Yeah, it was like, a four. And hey, look, it's not a two. Check it out. Let us know what you guys think. If you thought it was a whole lot better and you've got some other reasons for that, get on our Facebook. Tweet us at TS Protectors. Uh, let us know. Do you agree? Is it Was this just awful? Did you love the Cheetah CGI? And I guess that'll do it for this episode of Screen Protectors. And uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs> Salty pants. Uh, Stay protected.